Welcome into the Esports Network podcast, talking about anything and everything related to the esports industry, from the top level executive deals going on at places like Wisdom Gaming, or even Team Solo Mid, all the way down to the grassroots level of gaming out of like Tennessee, Atlanta, Georgia, maybe, even here in my own backyard of Dallas, Texas. But now, let's go somewhere off the grid, if you will. Not, not exactly off the grid. It's still on the map. It's a little tiny island known as Puerto Rico right there. Let's welcome in Axel Rivera, a.k.a. Snacks. He is a Smash commentator out there, a university student over at the University of Puerto Rico in Rio Piedras. Axel, thanks for hopping on, man. I appreciate you taking the time to hop on and talk to me about uh, a little bit of the, the esports and Smash scene out in Puerto Rico. So, again, thanks for hopping on, man. I appreciate it. Well, Kevin, it's an honor being here. Uh, I got to say it's my first gig outside of Puerto Rico when I got your email to be here. I was really excited. I even told my mom. So it was like, damn, I don't know what to do. And I just wrote and I told you that I want to do this. All right. I'm glad you did it because now we get to talk about my one of my two favorite things about talk about back home in Puerto Rico and talk about a little bit of Smash, too, which I'm, I'm, <laughs> let me, I'm off the record, man. I'm awful at smash i am like trash anytime i have to switch at home and like my my wife's cousins come over to play smash i get beat to a pulp i don't i don't i don't win at these smash tournaments at my house okay so to have you on to kind of explain like what you do and how things are happening back home that's awesome i love to hear it so i mean let let's start off with a little bit of background on yourself how did you get started in commentating uh in smash and how did that work out for you i know you're you're a young boy 21 years old barely able to drink here in the states i know drinking age of puerto rico is different you guys you've been uh, throwing, throwing a few back here and there, I'm assuming. But <laughs> I know Smash has kind of been your, your your focus for the past few years. How did you get started commentating in, in, uh, in Smash? Fun fact. You said, uh, I'm still a baby. I'm 21 years old. My first Smash tournament was in a bar. So, you know, <laughs> when I was 18, I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> but actually, I started commentating back on July, August. I don't recall. And I was bored i lost a weekly i was really pissed i'm like damn i kept losing and losing i, I i'm a snake mate and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna leave i was <laughs> so pissed but then a friend told me hey axel you wanna you wanna hop on the commentary i'm like damn i i actually talk a lot i'm very social so i just hopped on and i mean it was natural i just started commenting i was like oh nair bear and all that i'm like oh my god he got kicked his butt off and you know it was, you know it was, there was a little bit of banter between it it was really fun and i stayed like three hours commentating and then i met chopper a good fr- a good commentator in puerto rico uh he was he is considered one of the best at the moment and i sat down with him and he told me axel i want you to commentate with me my god i was nervous oof because you know He's the best. I'm still a kid, and I didn't know what to do. So every time he spoke, I was nervous. I was trembling. And I just, I just, it went fluid. It all went fluid. I had fun, and here I am. <laughs> so, so you got your first start out at a bar, and you lost uh, a few matches. You got pissed off, and all of a sudden your friend's like, hey, just go commentate for like three hours or something. And that's how you got your start? literally like that it was it was really odd because i'm like ah, i just want to go home i want to play red dead or, on, or whatever i want to play something else I, I i actually wanted to quit smash at the moment wow and i didn't see i didn't see much potential in me but i don't practice so i really suck because i don't practice and you know i started commentating so every time a weekly comes or every time i could go to a weekly 
I go commentate. And there's a lot of weeklies here in Puerto Rico. There's like, um, I think four. Mm-hmm. And I try to go to all of them. And I support them like, oh, I'll, I'll do it for free. I'll just help out because I don't mind. I practice. So yeah, uh, that's really it. I I got I got pissed, I lost, and I started commentating. That's awesome. So I know it's a really kind of grassroots uh, scene out there in Puerto Rico right now. And so obviously you guys are kind of doing smaller weekly events here and there. Yeah. But uh, we'll we'll get to that in a second. Let's I want to talk a little bit more about you and kind of how what role did gaming play in your life? I know you're an early oh my gosh, you're a 2000s kid. That's insane to me. You're <laughs> you're born in in the year 2000 or so, or, or and 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 I just can't believe that someone as young as you is already like <laughs> kind of commentating about to finish up school and so how, what role did gaming have uh for you because i know for you i'm assuming uh the cds and the vhs's were on the way out so you probably had well i'm assuming like a wii you probably had maybe a gamecube at the latest what did you have growing up and what role did gaming have in your household all right my first console was a nintendo 64 actually okay and it was my brothers and he didn't play much he was like 15 16 by that time and I'm like, all right, I'll just start playing Super Mario 64, Pokemon Stadium, or Coliseum. I don't remember. And, oh, my God, that was, I'm, I still have it there. It's taking dust, whatever. But it was my first console. Then I, I got the PS2, the Wii, yada, 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 and everything's history. And gaming, like, when I was young, helped me a lot to meet more people, meet friends. I love playing online. So I talked to everyone. It was really nice. And in school, everyone played. So I, you know, I just had friends while playing. It was really, really a childish thing, you know, a childhood thing. It was pretty nice. It was pretty nice. That's awesome. I mean, that's something that uh, a lot of people can probably relate to nowadays is kind of that being the connecting factor between friends is just playing games. And that kind of yeah, yeah. that kind of enables, you know, people to hang out at, at certain places like bars and play games <laughs> at bars. And that kind of translates to kind of, I, I assume, what has been a major factor for you commentating and, and playing games at a, at a you know, a, 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 say a semi-pro level, right? We'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> so, go ahead. No, no, yeah, yeah. Um, you're right. I, I, I started meeting friends and all that. And I remember that by that time, there was the console wars. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my God. I, I love Xbox. But damn, PS3 had free membership. I'm like, bro, I'm a kid. I don't, have, I don't even have money. So, you know, it was a, it was a pretty awesome stage of my life. <laughs> I can imagine, man. But now let's talk about the local esports, the local kind of smash and fighting game community scene out there in Puerto Rico. And obviously every grassroots scene is a little bit different. I've seen some small ones out and, you know, towards Nashville, some small ones up towards uh, Kansas City. And in terms of like events, in terms of competition, tell me, what does that scene look like for you guys are you guys just hanging out at bars is it like local malls where do these esports and 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 fighting game tournaments take place for you guys and how does that look for the community so back in 2018 when i first started i was invited by a friend and there was weeklies in mostly bars but then pandemic happened well after pandemic happened uh we they started doing at um card shops Mm. And it was pretty nice because, you know, everyone was involved, Magic players, Yu-Gi-Oh players, yada, yada, yada. It was pretty cool. Eventually, when the pandemic happened, online happened as well. It was horrible. At least in Puerto Rico, we didn't emphasize on online. I was kind of out of the community. I was doing other stuff. And back when we started kind of going back, um, you know, to to weeklies, um, 
every, it was in all card shops. I remember that four, three more weeklies open, and they were all in card shops. So now in Puerto Rico, if there's a card shop, there's probably a, a Smash tournament. So it's it's pretty cool. It, the initiative was pretty nice. And right now in 2020, 10, 21, and now 2022. So I think every weekly is in a card shop. Okay. So yeah. That's awesome. And so how do these these events, I'm assuming they're pretty local, right? So I'm assuming somebody brings a Switch, brings a GameCube, brings a Wii or something, and you guys bring your, your controllers and hook it up, and you play right there in the card shop. Is that really what it, it, it tends to be? Yeah, it tends to be like that, literally like that. So we just go like, oh, let's go on a Thursday. So every Thursday this week is going to happen. And, oh, if you bring uh, your setup, you have like a $3 discount. So, oh, you're going to pay $3 nice you're in the tournament you have your setup uh we do the bracket real quick we do the seating and we play until 11 10 p.m wow, that's awesome man now I, I know a lot of people you know when they, they hear you know puerto rico or, or what that relates to kind of think of like oh it's that island that you know lin-manuel miranda's from or something like that but for a lot uh, of people yeah. like you know people who are from the island, they realize like there's there's a lot more going on than just you know the the popular celebrities that we happen to you know unnaturally have because we have a, we have a we tend to have too many i think i'm like for such a small you know three four million uh people island it's a lot of celebrities coming out of that the woodworks there but the events that kind of come out of Puerto Rico, I've been, I've been watching, I've been kind of paying attention to them, and I kind of, it's, it's, it's crazy how much, uh, like, love from the community is given at these events. And so, tell me about, like, how involved are these communities uh, in these events? I mean, you've been to how many events, and how many times have you seen people, like, bring their grandma or bring their mom or something, and they're just kind of, like, bewildered, like, looking around, like, I don't know, what is all this? ¿Qué pasó? Was I don't understand. Well, my first uh, major tournament was last year on First Attack 2021, but I've seen these other First Attacks 2020, no, 2019 mm -hmm. and 2018. They were pretty nice. It was pretty bewildered. You saw like a lot of color, a lot of people dressed up because it was like a, a bit of a Comic Con sort of thing as mm -hmm. well. So there was a lot of fighting games. Now, um, there's not many family members, again, due to COVID. But people were really happy, like, to see each other again. So it's not only Smash, but mostly the fighting community mm -hmm. joins up and, like, Vamos a hacer esto. let's do this. We're going to do a tournament. We're going to do a major tournament. It's going to look good. And I think you know who's Mono, Red Rooster yeah. Mono, yep. who won CEO. We all know who he is. Uh, he's actually the boss, as I say, of First Attack. And he badges pretty well. It runs pretty well. Um, I really can, you know, no policy now. I really can just not say anything. The the tournaments run awesome, awesome, and the people are great. That's awesome. And so, I mean, uh, the events you commentate at, right? What do those events look like for you? What does what does a day look like for you when you have a, a tournament or something you have to attend at the end of the day? I know I'm assuming these these take place probably like what later in the day if it's a if it's a middle of a week thing. And so you you obviously go to school first. And then you kind of make your, your way to this, this tournament at some point. What does that day look like for you? I'm assuming you wake up early, get your stuff done as fast as you can, and then race out to to this tournament, right? Well, honestly, yeah, it's a, bit, a little bit like that since now we're doing online stuff on you know, the university. I'm really, you know, um, you know, a bit, uh, how can you say this? Tranquilo. You're, you know, a little Calm. bit suave with all the, the works and all that. 
but when I when I'm free from work, because I actually work as well, mm-hmm. I go, oh, um, hey, fulano, I'm just gonna go to this weekly. If you need any help, I'll be there. And I don't even practice. I don't. I don't want to sound like braggy, but I don't <laughs> practice much. I start like my breathing practices. I drink water, and I'm gone to commentate. If I have a bad day commenting, hey, it happens. But it's really fun. And again, it's you know it's pre normal. It's a pre drink water. Um, practice breathing and just practice the matchups. That's something mm-hmm. I'm learning little by little. So learning matchups is something key when you commentate. What, what does a bad day look like for you? I'm assuming it's more than just like a little flub. It's it's more than something else. Is it like you're out of breath? Is it kind of confusing a player? Like what what does a bad day look like for you? Oof! I the other day <laughs> I had a kind of a bad day because I was sleepy. I'm like, oh my god, I'm tired. I, I haven't slept. I even drank a uh, monster. I'm like, oh my god, I'm not. I'm not waking <laughs> up. So I'm not. A bad day is for me is not concentrating on the matchup and mixing up the names because I'm. I'm like say, oh Kevin. Kevin has I don't know a uh, Robin, and you don't even. You're not even using Robin. You're using Sonic. I'm like, oh my, I'm. I'm not focusing. <laughs> it happens. Thank God it doesn't happen a lot of times. But when I'm sleepy, I'm. Oof, I don't want to commentate. Hey, that's that's kind of the nature of, of grassroots uh, tournaments like this. It's kind of just you're working a job, you're also a student, you also have responsibilities back home. It's it's a whole thing. Right? You, you got to visit mama, you got to say to papa, say hi to your siblings yeah. or whoever. Be like, hey, I'm gonna hang out for a little bit, but I, after this, I gotta go. Okay, thanks, mom, for the the rice and beans, but I gotta bounce. We gotta, we gotta, exactly. Yeah, I'm like, mommy, uh, I, actually, I gotta go because <laughs> they're waiting for me. Or mom, I this day I need you to leave me alone. I'll be right back. Then <laughs> I I get it. I get it. So, that's that's awesome just to kind of hear that i mean i don't and obviously i'm not trying to say what you're a bad commentator about i like hearing about people's bad days because it kind of puts it in perspective for other people out there who don't understand like it's not always perfect sometimes no, things no. can go wrong and sometimes things it, you, you kind of just build yourself up uh, build yourself up off that experience and be better for it and obviously for you it happens once in a blue moon i'm assuming so it's not that often and pro- problem is if let's say hey let's say you have a perfect interview Mm. There's going to be one day you're going to be like, ah, I mixed up the questions. I didn't do the correct questions. There's always going to happen. If life was perfect, it was going to be boring. So it's fun having mistakes, to be honest. It it is, uh, except when I like... I remember this one time I was interviewing a CEO. So I'm going to tell you this story so you can laugh Ooh. at me. When, so so I, I was interviewing the CEO of a company, uh, very popular up in Toronto. And so I I misspoke and I said that their their team had recently won first place in something. And the CEO had to correct me and say, no, we actually got second place. And I was like, I know, please. I, I, and I was like, I felt awful, but I was like, I have to keep going because if I, if I just let the interview stop right here, it's going to sound awful. So I just, I, I took it on the chin. I said, that's okay. I messed up. Let's keep moving. Uh, your team still did great. Second place is great. Let's let's focus on that. So <laughs> it, it's 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 sometimes you're, you're re- I, if people out there have listened to the show for a while they, they know they know the mistake I'm talking about. But I, I understand that you know those mistakes happen. We can't expect everybody to be a hundred percent of the time on it. And if they are, I mean, that's just because they, they've had years of, of sometimes failures behind them to help them push them along. So really that's what it is. And so, I mean, w- you mentioned mono earlier and first attack mm-hmm. and all that stuff. What kind of uh, organizations out there are, 
helping to coordinate these events? I know that, like you said this first attack, but what other is it mostly community driven? Like, hey, the Facebook group says we want to do something on this day at this card shop, or is it more just like, hey, we're putting this event together at this card shop. You guys come on by. What does it look like in terms of like organization for the fighting game community out there in Puerto Rico? So at least in Smash, when it's like smaller tournaments, it's mostly community moved. Mm-hmm. But when it's like major tourneys, uh, first attack, winter clash, and I, I'm, I'm missing two more. Um, they're mostly ran by Mono and of people from first attack. Because mm-hmm. I think first attack is like an organization in a whole. And the people of Red Rooster as well. And um, they do it really professionally. So they get sponsors, Liberty, um, I don't know the others, Banco Popular, Universal, yep. and all that. So you get a lot of sponsors. It's... Um, and it's really, you know, it's it's more businessy when it's major tournaments, but when it's smaller, it's all com- it's all community moved. And even myself, I I did a a, a Christmas party at my house, and it was all community driven. Like, hey, thirty people can come. We're gonna do a tournament, and it happened. So it's all community moved. Uh, but those tournaments, those major tournaments, um, it's mostly a negotiation. They're all business. Yes. Okay, so that that's that's interesting. You know, a lot of people they don't really realize that. For an island like Puerto Rico, right, it, it's hard to get a bunch of people together all at once really sometimes. Is. But if you have these businesses out there like First Attack, like Red Rooster, all that stuff, and, and they kind of come on and, and uh, organize these events, it's a lot easier if, if it's on their pocketbook versus, you know, a local local entity, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, my. If I'm, I'm just going to be, you know, I like, I like to talk a lot about, you know, this area of the community. But Red Rooster is, I think the owner is a... Uh, a, a rich investor yeah so he has money to waste he has he you know he's investing in a good future in puerto rico because esports is a thing and i'm just gonna go a little bit off topic but yeah. sometimes the, you know the government doesn't see it and when they see like oh the money's coming oh my it really is oh now i'm involved like wait we've been telling you for a while esports <laughs> is gonna be a thing and all of a sudden you see a success the government's like mm, let's have some taxes please like oh, yes. please. money money <laughs> <laughs> uh, no it, it, that's how it is and if exactly. you don't show them that you, there's a way to make money they don't want to support it and then, and then yeah. the moment there is something to be made they want a little bit of their fill which is you know i i understand it's understandable yeah yeah it, it, it's it's gonna be a win-win situation but damn we've been telling you bro i know so so that brings me to kind of my next question i mean what mm-hmm. does esports and maybe what does the fighting game community need to keep growing in Puerto Rico? Is it more businesses coming together? Is it more rich investors who happen to have money to waste? Is it kind of some support from the government? What do you think would help esports and the fighting game community grow in this island? The other day, I was thinking about more businesses uniting and creating weeklies or creating tournaments. But I once sat down and said, that's going to be bad as well. Because then when there's a lot of tournaments, there's a lot of responsibility and there's a lot, you know, people are not seven days a week free and available to go to this tourney or to this tourney. So there's always going to be two or three tourneys that are not going to be like hyped or not full. Mm. So that's one thing that I believe this can, can't happen. There's going to be a minute, a maximum of weeklies or a maximum of tourneys uh, well, in weeklies. And when yeah, we need investors i believe we need investors because we don't have a lot of opportunities i'm going to say a good example um i have a friend called tweet mm-hmm. he's a really good smash player uh but realistically we don't have money so let's say genesis happen or uh ceo uh, ceo happens mm-hmm. 
uh, he can't go because, well, I don't have money. So we don't have that platform to keep going, you know, to invest his career in esports because, you know, we don't have a head start. So sometimes these investors help us and create more opportunity for us as a player and as a brand to, and as a country as well, yeah. to say, hey, Puerto Rico, oh my God, Puerto Rico has talent. When Mono won, it, everyone was like, damn, he's from where? From Puerto Rico? Where's Puerto Rico? I'm like, <laughs> hey man, come on, Google, you have Google. You got, you got Google Maps, you got GPS, you can figure <laughs> yeah. it out. But yeah, we need we need a lot of, not we don't need help. I'm, I'm going to be honest, we don't need a lot of help. We just need people who, who understand us, who support us. Uh, maybe money wise, but that's it. For sure, for sure, and that's that's something that you know, uh, capital never hurts for 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 a lot of organizers, and that that's something that a lot of people can really focus in on, uh, especially yeah. in Puerto Rico. So, I mean, I, I I so now I'm thinking just pretty much, um, are are these universities? I know you're a university student. Are these universities kind of helping in any way to kind of establish esports clubs or maybe an esports team? Maybe not like a paid team or something like that, or, or not a, a big team, but like maybe a club. Because here in the states, we have some you know some distant clubs, some esports leagues based around colleges. I'm, I'm assuming Puerto Rico is a little bit different in that regard. Uh, sadly, that will be a dream come true. What you just <laughs> said. I have a, we have a friend called Moncho Jose mm-hmm. Moncho. He's uh, he's. I'm just gonna say it like patriarchy. He's the boss or the owner of the crew I am. Yeah. And when I before I started on Smash, he started doing. He wanted to create a league between universities about esports, uh, esports, but you know it never happened because of the same thing. People don't believe in the esports movement. Now I believe the opportunity to do this is now because mm-hmm. people do know that. Oh yeah, esports is a thing. People are playing COD, Fortnite, Apex, uh, Street Fighter, Smash. There's a lot of opportunities for people. And I'm, I, I got to say I'm old. Technically, I'm 21. <laughs> but my nephew, he's 15. And mm-hmm. my God, he's a boss at Fortnite. So if he had the opportunity of a lifetime to participate in a tourney, it would be good. Oh man, I can. I know here in the states, so we've had a lot of support. Like we've been, we've been lucky. I'll be honest. Just a lot of high school and middle school support for esports. We had the the high school esports league up here, which has been great. I interviewed one of their founders a, a few weeks back, and so to hear that, you know, that kind of support isn't like isn't put in place yet for Puerto Rico. Kind of like, man, I I, I need to hit up a few people, let them know, like, hey, there's a, there's an opportunity here. People. In Puerto, in Puerto Rico, they play games. They're good at it. There's a talent here. There's there's something to be said for this this area, uh, you know, this little tiny island. There's something to be said for supporting the scene there. And so to hear that nobody's really taking advantage of it yet, maybe that's something that can help the industry grow a little bit more in the country, right? Actually, there's a school. I don't remember the name. But when I participated in First Attack playing first, uh, I met some kids, maybe 13, 14, and they had like a different shirt on and they told me, oh, yeah, we're from the school that they sponsor esports. I'm like, I've never heard you guys. And I sat down with one of them, uh, one of the like the parents and he told me, oh, yes, the school is there. I really don't remember. Damn, I, sh- I should investigate. Yeah, I know. man. But, but that's awesome because I see kids that are actually good. I got beat by one kid. I'm like, <laughs> hey, I, I can't. I can't lie. I mean, I can't, you know, I, you know, protestar, I just can't, you know. Uh, critical, whatever. Yeah, you can't, you can't critique him, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I cannot critique him. They're good. But it's really fun seeing um, other 
private people, investors mm -hmm. that are, are like, oh yeah, they, it works. It really do works, and there's a future in it. Yeah, I, I think I know. I think I know the school you're talking about. I think it's a, it's a private school, and it's yep. maybe a little bit more um, on the richer side of the island. We'll say. I think it's in Dorado. Or something. Yeah. Oh, it's it's right there in Dorado. That's that's it's it, they're rich. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Dorado. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, I I totally get it. You know, sometimes that kind of local parental support it pays off in a big way. But you know, mm -hmm. I think uh, some kind of total support for like maybe a, an infrastructure or something to build to be built around these schools for esports not a, you know it's a lot to be said for that so hopefully the scene grows a little bit more uh for 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 not just for you but for your cousins that are also good at games and uh, i'm sure for for the future generations of puerto rico who are coming out of the island kind of raise that flag a little bit right so we just have i mean it's something that can't be said uh, enough for the island to, to really support esports and i'm sure you're on the forefront of that you're helping out in a big way even if you don't think you are right the little rinky dink bar is helping out you're doing it trust me Yes, I, I I started when I started commentating. I had a lot of ideas, mm -hmm. and I got invited to the crew. And then I sat down, like I wanna I wanna create a future in this. I wanna create a platform. And I don't know I don't know if you know remember or know. I interviewed um Isam Panda Isam. Yep. And it was pretty fun. It was awesome. But before I interviewed him, I went through like five or seven emails. I'm like, hey, I want to invite you to this pod. I mean, to this interview I do on Twitch, yada, 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 yada. And then he answered. I'm like, now this is serious. Now I want to create a platform uh, in Puerto Rico to help, um, you know, pro players, any pro player to shout out and, you know, have an opportunity for people to know them. That's what I did on First Attack. Before First Attack, I interviewed um, Eking, Tweak, uh, Rene, that's um, Ren. I interviewed Capitancito, mm -hmm. and it, it was oh my god, it was fun. It was fun, and then I took it as a serious job. I'm like, yeah, every month I'm gonna interview someone. Hey man, I, I I'm right there with you. You send out a few emails every month, and you maybe get what maybe a ten percent response on some of those. Yeah, exactly. It happens. It's the nature of asking for interviews, and so um, I guess now there's only one thing left to do, and that's to kind of promote you. So uh, where can people find you? Where can people find out your where your Twitch streams are? Where you uh, commentate? What where those streams are? What events that people can follow along if you commentate on them, or other people as well. So feel free to. This is your your stage. You go out there promote whatever you want to promote. All right. Well, I have a Twitter account. I've been using it mostly more, uh, for political stuff and Smash and esports because I'm trying to do, you know, I'm trying to do my little noticia, my little news on That's right. gaming stuff that happens. But my Twitter is iSnaxed, like iCarly, but iSnaxed, I S N, I mean, I S N A X, I mean, X E D. And then on Twitch, Twitch.tv slash Lsnacks. There you and go. That's my Twitch and that's my Twitter. Perfect. And we'll leave links to that in the podcast description below. So that way everybody can follow along as well. Um, and then we'll, we'll obviously we'll link out to any first attack events that you guys are working on and, and stuff like that. But honestly, uh, snacks, I can't thank you enough for hopping on the show, man. I, I really appreciate it. I know you have a busy life ahead of you, a busy week, I'm sure, busy weekend. So we will let you get back to that. And so uh, best of luck commentating best of luck helping move things forward in puerto rico and honestly just thank you for for the work you're doing and i'm sure uh unsung heroes is a phrase that gets tossed out a lot you're unsung in a lot of ways and hopefully that people can hear your voice uh, across the world when these tournaments and these events get uh, streamed on on twitch so best of luck man i appreciate it once again thanks kevin it's uh this opportunity was 
awesome. And I got to say, you made my day. Ah, man, let me tell you really quick before you ended. I just want to say, uh, I, I actually behind like, like peel the curtain back a little bit. I actually found snacks because of that interview he did with, with ESAM. And I was like, this dude sounds great. Let's, let's, let's get him on the show. Send out an email. Maybe he'll respond respond. Maybe he won't. We'll see. It's no big deal. Right. And so he responds back that same day. And I'm like, all right, let's get an interview booked up. And he's more than happy to interview more than happy. Look, this kid is, is great. Great talk, great conversation. And honestly, I can't speak highly enough about you. So Axel, again, thank you for helping the show, man. I, I appreciate it. Um, I, I mean, just, just please keep it going. I, I love hearing the streams. I love watching your work and I love watching the, the game so i appreciate it so much thanks a lot kevin and thanks again for letting me be here in esports network and i hope it's not the last time i come for sure next time you come maybe we'll see you on a, on a million dollar prize pool tournament or something you never know right? <laughs> he is axel rivera aka snacks smash commentator based out of san juan puerto rico i am kevin correa right here on the esports network podcast Woo!